welcome to another edition of the Horror Fest at Movie Quest. <laughs> I feel like my intro last week is a bit lacking compared yeah. to that. It's pretty good. I said I wouldn't do it again, but I lied. Because it's what the fans wanted. They it wanted is. the creepy... I saw all the Instagram messages coming in. Yeah, all those posts. Oh, yeah, we were it. we were inundated with requests for me to do. Yeah, we requests we just didn't. Yeah, they were like, to, like oh, man, get through them all. I mean, I did see you get, get you see you trending. You know, the request Aaron movie quest voice. Yeah, they were, <laughs> yeah for the running, we need it for Halloween. Yeah. Hi, welcome. This is Movie Quest. It is a if you this is the first time you're listening to the podcast. We're a movie quest where three friends watch a film together and talk about it. Usually we watch a group of films and pit them against each other. Mm. This week's episode is the third in our Halloween series. This week's episode is about Paranorman. The last two were about Arachnophobia, which is a film about creepy spiders. Mm-hmm. Johnny's pick. Yeah. Last week we did Poltergeist. Last week, yeah. Last week. Or maybe like an hour ago. That's not, no, we're not doing Sorry, that. I'm breaking the fourth wall there. <laughs> Apologies. Uh, it's, it's definitely a week has passed. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we did the pop, we did Poltergeist in the last episode. Did Poltergeist. So if something happens in between this week's episode and last week's episode, some sort of big news story that we're not going to cover, you know, apologies. Like, Someone inspired by the film Paranorman goes out (laughs) (laughs) like like, kidnaps like a dustbin cart and then like crashes it into a cat. A cat. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, we missed that out. (laughs) Sorry. But yeah, so this yeah, the last Ant's pick, Poltergeist this week. It's my pick, Paranorman. But before that, let's talk about what have you been watching? So, shall I go first? I would, I would like it if you would go first. Yes. Last week I teased. I had two films to talk. I could talk about, and you picked the seventies classic, uh, Mean Streets. So this week I thought I'll go with the other one. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you thought you would go. Well, with the other one, or you could just. I could talk about some other stuff as well, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to this. Yeah. Again, I'm not allowed to talk about El Camino because Aaron's banned me. I also, not yet. Mm, use my name, but not Johnny's name. Johnny also is in this. No, we still not watched it yet since last week. I uh, <laughs> can't believe it, you guys. Get get on it. Uh, so I'll talk about a documentary that I watched on Netflix. Um, this documentary came out in 2017, but then it only just went on Netflix this year. It's called. Uh, it's a true crime documentary. It's called uh, "Abducted in Plain Sight." Have either of you seen this documentary? And it rings a bell. I think I might have seen it while scrolling through okay. Netflix. Aaron, have you heard heard, heard about this? Or? I have heard about this, okay. but I I, I um, oh, have I seen it? No, I haven't. I haven't. So, Tell us more. A lot of Tell true crime's more. got really big in the last few years, isn't it? Like, yeah, massive actually. Since Serial, I think. I think that podcast came out, and everyone was like, "Oh, actually, this is making a murderer." Yeah, making a murderer. That was a big one. Yeah. Last, I think last year's The Staircase on Netflix got popular Still again. Did like, a, did like a re bit, uh, re like visit to that and updated it. And then you've got the classics, Johnny. We've got um, Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost, the classic, the classic. Oh man, series. that is that Very is a documentary. Good. Too many people have not seen all oh, of that. 
It's really hard to watch, though, isn't it? It's not on anywhere easy to get to. It's, it's tricky. They they only really released the first one on DVD. Like, mm. I've never found the other two anywhere. Not that I've been hunting high and low for it, mm. but, you know, it's hard. Because HBO, their licensing seems a bit trickier in the UK, but there we go. So, and then also this year, um, the Ted Bundy tapes as well. Another big yeah. one that came out. Yeah, yeah. So, it's been like, I think it's been a bit of a, it's kind of a bit, a bit of a resurgence in, in pop culture recently of like, uh, of these sort of true crime documentaries. So this is a story, a documentary story about a family from the, in the 70s. Uh, they live in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Yes. And basically what happens is they are befriended by somebody from their church who is it's a, it's a guy called, I think they call him B. I can't remember what his actual name is. Uh, and he moves nearby. I think he's like a nearby neighbor and starts befriends him. And basically him and his wife become best friends with his family. So the family is uh, husband and wife, and then they have three daughters. And this goes on for a while until uh, the, the the bloke, uh, B, starts to take a bit of an interest in one of the girls. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the girl is, I think, 11 when it first starts. And basically, it's it's a crazy documentary. Like I've watched, a, I've watched tons of documentaries that are quite shocking and like also going weird places that you don't expect. This is probably the one of the craziest roller coaster rides of a documentary I've ever, I've ever seen. Mm. And it, oh, it's just bizarre. So basically what happens is he bef- this guy befriends his family. And then at one point, eventually, I think they go on holiday together quite a bit. And like, they're basically like, like really, really close and good friends. And then he just, he asks uh, at one point, if you can take the daughter to go see some horses or something, to a local ranch or something for the evening over the, the afternoon or whatever. And the mum's like, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure. As long as she's back before her dad gets back from work. So they go, and then it six o'clock comes, comes around, no sign of them. Nine o'clock at night comes around, no sign of them. The family wait the next day, don't hear anything back. And they take, I think it's five or six days before they contact the police. I know. What? How insane is that? Like, they just... When and the the, the interview and the, they've got they've got interviews like now of them, so it's like, isn't and and, I'll, and I'm not gonna like go into too much detail. It is like, it is sort of sh- very shocking and also is kind of horrible in some ways. Obviously, it's about a child predator, yeah, uh, adopting uh, yeah. a kid. It's horrible, yeah. but I will say it's not really spoilers because it happens right at the start. There is interviews with the girl as 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 an adult now, so. You know, she doesn't get horrifically murdered or anything. Like it's 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 horrible what happens to her. But like, you know, like it it doesn't go into that much detail and that sort of stuff. Um, but basically, the setup is yeah, he abduct, he abducts her, and then for some reason the family just didn't think that child predators and paedophiles were a thing, or they didn't. It was like so unheard of back then. Apparently, that it didn't even cross their minds to call the police. They just assumed that he would be fine he would bring her back at some point or maybe they broke down I don't know what it was it's insane anyway this whole thing happens as a whole it goes crazy places and it's I'd say it's an hour and a half long documentary mm-hmm. so it's not like a huge commitment yeah. Um, and it is it's such a shocking and weird thing but it's it's really kind of interesting as well and I would recommend it Um, it's not one of the best made documentaries I've ever seen or anything like you know I've seen like making a murderer, making a murderer was much, you know, much better like produced and filmed. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but it's it is like the story itself is just fascinating. Um, 
So yeah, I'd recommend it. Mm. Cool. Any, any questions or anything? Or is it sort of? It's hard I to. Just, I just like <laughs> before, before you before you go. Sorry, right. I just want to describe Ant's face to listeners. He just look, you looked like so fundangled by it. Oh you yeah. just, Your face was just like really scrunched up and just confused. Like, like <laughs> as I was watching it, if, if you had like a, you know, people do the whole like reaction stuff on you. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. There was a, if there was a video of me as I was watching this film, my face was just like contorted and just like, what? I mean, I, I, watched it, <laughs> I was watching it uh, like quite late so I wasn't able to make any noise but I would have been like, huh? <laughs> what the? You did what? Then that, what happened? It was just, it was bizarre. So yeah, it was one of the most shocking documents I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, I, definitely worth watching if you get a free hour and a half. Mm. It's on Netflix. That's interesting. So, Is it fairly new? Uh, it came again. It came out in 2017, but it only got put on Netflix in the last six months. I think, or last maybe last yeah, sat this year at some point. So then it caught. It got a big. A lot of people found it. Found about a like second then. wind yeah, sort of it thing. Sort of like became popular to talk about. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's called Abducted in Plain Sight. Hmm. Cool. I have just finished The Office again. <laughs> nice. Again. Again, so this is round two, Heck. but with Sarah this time. For real? Yeah. So. I never finished that show. Like, not, you never not, finished never it? Got the, I got to like the last season and I was sort of like, okay, I'm done with this now. I don't want to kind of, I didn't feel the need to carry on watching it. The Office is is good in in most part. It's like pretty non offensive. I think most people kind of enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I, I just I feel like the last episode was just like a bit of a a letdown in some parts because everyone we, we everyone was like kind of like dying. everyone was kind of like indulging themselves yeah. in like yeah yeah in too much and they were like steering away from what their characters actually were mm. like and they were kind of more like being the the actor behind the character, yeah, uh, rather than kind of fulfilling what their character in the TV show would be like. Because <laughs> everyone gets like really kind of like, yeah, emotional, yeah, emotional and sentimental and yeah. stuff like that. And it's like, oh, it's okay. Sort of breaks breaks to the reality, or well, not reality, but breaks the sort of character feel. And the yeah, yeah. Of the show. Um, I watched the uh, there was a read through. Um, so oh, like when they did a re- reprise before the yeah, they so watched that and that was that was pretty good. Um, because they had all the characters there and they like introduced everyone and stuff like that. There was one person who wasn't there who was in the last episode, who I won't spoil for some yeah 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 don't do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> some people who are watching it currently. But uh, yeah, it's overall it's a good series. I'm trying to think if I prefer that or Peep Show better. Um, Peep Show I haven't watched that in a long time I never watched all that either I just remember I watching odd episodes but I remember it would be very good yeah they're both good the Christmas joke payoff is like <laughs> every year I'm reminded of it and every year I just it's so it good. was a joke <laughs> it was a, a Christmas, Christmas joke <laughs> <laughs> it's so good it's so good so uh, yeah I, I'll have to watch that episode just on like final episodes of, of like sitcoms yeah. or, or, or funny programs or whatever, I always think that they kind of have to do like a lot of fan service and they kind of have to, because the actors obviously, especially mm. if they're doing it in front of a live audience, like a friend, the Friends last episode is, I think is a really good example. That, yeah. What, what Very you, emotional. What would you say like are the good and bad ones you reckon? I think the Friends one's basically perfect. I can't, 
Is it? Can't, I'm trying to remind me. Is it where he goes to go? He goes to Rachel in the end to, to, to top of going to Paris. Is that right? Yeah. So it's that that one, and then they sort of all end up in the um, the flat, and then they all sort of put the keys down at the end, oh, and they each walk out. It's sort of like the Holy Fuzz and Horses. <laughs> yeah, they leave the flat, <laughs> but then they come back afterwards. Yeah, yeah, really and and friends and friends come back. The friends come back and they sort of do like a bye and stuff. Like, and they're all like really sad and really like. There's a lot of tears, and I think same with like the sort of the last episode of uh, the American Office. Like, everyone's really sad that it's ending, but it's almost like it. But it needs to end. Like, there has this has to end at some point. Yeah, and I think it's a hard thing to do. Are you surprised they didn't do a movie spin-off? You know, like some other TV shows that have <laughs> that might recently yeah. Breaking Bad. You know, it seems like the thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, you I know, mean, and I'm still still waiting for that Community two six seasons in a movie. It would be good to get Steve Carell back in the office, mm. like doing another se- series, but I just can't see that yeah. ever happening. No, I. Like, I think like or whether yeah. like people would really want that. I don't think I don't think I would though. Yeah, well, I feel like the office is kind of like it's gone into like <coughs> cultish status mm, rather yeah. than like current popular. Yeah, it's the same with the Friends reboot. Like, I, I don't think I'll, anyone wants it. Cause I it don't just be want sad. it. It'd be like S Club Seven when they got back together and they weren't <laughs> all they weren't all there and they're all a bit like. A little bit frumpy and just not, <laughs> not really fitting. Just a bit haggard. Like, yeah, and they're like performing on like a kind of news show in the morning. And you're just like, don't why are you doing this to yourselves? Like, just you know, remember how how it was, and just like you know, you can, you can never go back home, can you? Well, the Spice Girls were able to do it though, so why not can't everyone though? Not with Victoria, hey? Because she like openly admitted that she couldn't sing this, and she's like, nah, I can't sing, mate. It was completely <laughs> rude. Like, yeah, don't get me back. I Aaron, you've been uh, watching anything? I, I have actually. Um, I watched a trailer for a film on Netflix, and I was very intrigued. I thought you said, I thought you were going to say, I watched a trailer for a film. What's the new Star Wars trailer? I thought that was going to be your thing you talked about. Okay, Let's break down the new Star Wars trailer. So the dish on the ship. No. Um, so I watched a, f- <laughs> a film called uh, Vigilante. Have you seen? Have you guys heard of it? Uh, no, I haven't. No. It's directed by Sarah Dagan. Nixon and as far as I'm aware this is her first film it stars Olivia Wilde uh, Morgan Spector uh, not a lot of famous people but obviously Olivia Wilde and Morgan Spector you should, should know them ish yeah I think I, I saw I saw this on Netflix and I think I saw Olivia Wilde in it and I thought oh she's recognisable and then I, I moved on she used to be in the OC she was in the OC yeah. she was in Tron as well wasn't she also in the Truman Show or is that a different woman no, that is a different woman, I think. Yes. Sorry. Someone looks very similar. A bit too young for a Truman show, yeah. potentially. Um, so the premise is, a vigilante helps victims escape their domestic abusers. So the trailer basically uh, shows you a clip of this beaten up man being sort of kicked out of his house. And then Olivia Wilde's character sort of says, like, don't, you know, go, never come back. You know, I want to kill you give me a reason to kill you and then he walks out the door and it's very like dark and seems really like you know it's very impactful it's a very impactful trailer left me with enough intrigue that i was like you know what i think i think i'm gonna spend some time it's not a long film it's like an hour and a half you love a well a well done trailer don't you i do it does well yeah well I was thinking about Death Stranding. No, not Death Stranding. we were talking about that before don't we no no not Death Stranding. um what's that that one that was on an island, that video game. 
Death Island. Death Island, Death Island yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's and a good Dead, Dead Island. And, yeah, Dead Island. And we were thinking, oh, this is going to be the it's best really game good, ever. <laughs> and then you got it and it was just like, oh, this is... This game's broken. This, is, this <laughs> doesn't work very well. This yeah. game's broken. I, you know what? I find that I always get sucked in by a trailer and then I get stung. But this time... Oh. This time, boys. Finally, it paid off. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If, I'm not going to say it paid off. This film is heavy. This, I went in, you know, expecting something a bit sort of breaking body, you know, like, you know, this lady comes in and she just like beats men up and then just kicks them out of the house, right? No, it goes, it goes to 11 on the abuse stuff, which I'm not saying it shouldn't. I'm not saying it shouldn't, right? So the film is almost like two films. So one is like a, a sort of, um, I don't know, like dive into people that have been in abusive relationships so uh, like you know you see there's like a scene where there's like a meeting and it's like women sort of talk through the stories that they've sort of been through but it doesn't just, just just cover women it covers like young children and um, men as well like have been in abusive relationships and sort of just delves quite heavily into that so it is it is a full course meal and you know and absolutely like I think it's something that needs to be talked about. But then it also follows this, follows this woman who has also been in an abusive relationship, but she's taken it upon herself to sort of find and track people down who are abusers and sort of beat them up or worse. So this, just a quick look at this on IMDb and look at some of the, some of the shots of it. It so She looks like a badass also. Yeah, she is. It sort of reminds me of um, You Were Never Really Here in terms of it's, like... It's very... Sort of like, the, the sort of like... Avenger sort of person going yeah, around. Yeah, I, I of think it's very like that. Being re- it looked in terms of the, home, the mood and sort of tone of it, it looked from the pictures similar to that. Also had that um, into the spiders spiders web film we talked about a while ago. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sort of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series. It's very like there's a lot of close up shots. Like there's a lot of like it's not really a lot of like signed in it other than just like the reaction of characters like there's a scene in particular where olivia wilde's character like has a like a breakdown in the car because she's just gone through this really traumatic thing with this like little boy who's obviously just just had something awful happen to him and she just has like the camera just watches olivia wilde's character basically have a meltdown in her car and it's really upsetting like really really upsetting and this is the thing that i find with the film like in some ways, it was sort of trying to be this almost like superhero film, but then it was also trying to be this other film where it talks about abuse really heavily. Yeah. And the the problem I had was like I was either like, okay, just show me a film where like we we do a deep dive into abusive relationships and like let's discuss that. And then in other ways, it it it's this sort of like so, sort of superhero film where she's going and she's sort of like beating these people up and it has like a sort of running arc to do with her husband who was an abuser and like her husband basically did something and they end up having like sort of like a fight towards the end and it's really really intense but i was just sort of torn really torn would you say this is like a combination of taken and tyrannosaur (laughs) such a good way of describing it yeah uh in some ways yeah i would say so yeah but less like like Olivia Wilde's character is very much more like you were never really here, mm-hmm. much more on that. But she's so fragile because she's been in this abusive relationship. Like it, it really comes across, and I think it does a better job of you were never really here because like I was like ripped to shreds because I think the stories that they were talking about were obviously real. 
and they could have been the, the actresses that were were talking about it. They could have been real stories. They they could have been people that have gone through this. Like it's hard to know. Um, I would absolutely recommend this film. I just find it. You just need to know what you're going in for whenever you're going to watch it. Mm-hmm. And it, I, like, I don't want to like you know, I don't, I don't want to bash something like this because some of these stories are really, really sad, really hard, and and the fact that people go through this on a daily basis is just heartbreaking. Absolutely, like, oh, it's very, very heavy. I'm, I'm surprised there's some appetite for this type of film really I'm surprised well like I can't imagine something like this ever being like a massive great big success like this this type of film because it's it's got I'd say it's got somewhat limited appeal it's not it's not going very general for like complete market but it's when I think of films, I think of like escapism in some way, whereas mm. this is just like very heavy and gritty and you're going to come out of it and you're not, you may not come out of it in as good a place as you went into the film. Mm, You'll be more aware of certain particular things. Not to say it's a, a bad film or it's, not, it's doing it's anything bad, bad in its awareness of things, but it, in some ways, it it just kind of I don't know how that decision gets made by some film executive to think yes, okay, this is a film I, that we need to make. I think like part of it is people go to watch films for different reasons, don't they? So maybe this is escapism for somebody who's maybe has some uh, connection with these sort of stories or has seen this sort of stuff happen in their own lives, and they imagine about being this vigilante and taking you know. Taking the revenge back on on the abusers, I think for me it sounds it sounds like it's. I mean, films take a while to make, but it sounds like it probably it's it's hitting that sort of um, uh, what's the culture called uh, the recent sort of. Me too movement. A, it sort of sounds like it's hitting that wave of the sort of me too movement and the sort mm. of like people wanting to discuss these sort of things that happen to them mm. but also they have to make a film about it so what how can they how can they break it like, sort of work within the sort of blockbuster movie like hollywood industry also i mean like in terms of like you say about how how these get paid and stuff like how how would this get made it's got one fairly recognizable actress in it olivia wilde's pretty recognizable uh, is this a Netflix movie? It was on Netflix, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it came it. out on the cinema or whatever. Or I mean, I, I mean, in terms of budget, does it seem like it'd be a large budget, or was it done? For, is, is it fairly like? It definitely didn't seem like it was yeah. a large budget. So at yeah, all. I mean, I, I guess it's you don't probably. I mean, as long as you have a a, a pretty well-known actress in it, and I'm assuming they'll probably make the money back on it. Um, at least. You'd hope so, anyway. But it seems interesting. I, I definitely was not on my radar. There's so much stuff coming out at the moment, isn't there, on, yeah. on Netflix, so it's hard to keep up with it. It is really hard to keep up. I'm glad that you are out there watching the trailers, watching all these different weird trailers of films no one's ever heard of and, and watching them. <laughs> yeah, you're, so, you're, the, you're the people that are keeping these yeah, guys in business, good. really. I, I, You know what? I, I love a good indie film. I do love a good indie film. I also think, like, you don't know what you're going to get when you're going in and, like, I think I didn't expect to go in just coming out absolutely heartbroken, but you know that's what that's what happened. But it, you know, it's a casual day off, 
doing my housework and then I thought, you know, I'm going to watch a film. Um, and I pop, this is dense. Pop this on and I was like, oh, okay. You know, it, it, what I was talking about last, last week, you know, the, the man who killed Hitler and stuff like, again, that was like, fairly lighthearted compared to this well, in some ways. I was I was chatting to somebody um uh during this week actually uh about um Schindler's list. Most people have seen it once, but I would I would be uh fairly interested to see it again. But, really? But uh, at what point in your schedule do you think I really wanna <clears throat> put that three hours aside to watch that particular film or I've never seen Cinder's List yeah right I really want to watch it but exactly that point of same with uh, 12 Years a Slave like there's those sort of films that I know are amazing and I will I need to watch them at some point because they're just like part of uh, movie well part of movie history people you know, such a big films but also like it's you know it's people it's it's stories that need telling and yeah absolutely I, I want to watch them and I want to I want to understand them, but it's one of those things where most of the time you what you sit down to watch it like me and Mel both want to watch Twelve Years a Slave, we we'll sit down to watch put some on we're both exhausted we're just like mm-hmm. do you want to put this, watch this or do you want to watch something really easy, let's like, watch something really easy so like the other day we put on like the holiday you know the rom yeah. com thing mm-hmm. yeah. just because it's like. But then I, I I am determined to watch those films at some point. Mm. Like they're on my list, I will watch them. But it's just like it's really hard to. I think when it's in the cinema, you can sort of like it's sort of a cultural event. Everyone yeah. wants yeah, to go to it. You're like, yeah, yes, yeah. I'm going to do this. But um, it's hard. It is hard to sort of bring yourself to watch these. <laughs> it's Twelve Years a Slave. I went to see that with Andy. Yeah, we went to um, to Leeds to see it. Uh-huh. Came out the cinema, didn't say a word to each other. We drove home, dropped him off, and that was it. I didn't say anything. I just said bye. <laughs> Because it, it's like, what, like, what do you say after a after a film like that? It's like so traumatic in a way. It's like you are kind of just processing it for. I, yeah, that's like a film that I would struggle to talk about. Like, if you did a podcast about it, I just wouldn't be able to. Like, in terms of like directly after it, it would be on. It would be really difficult, wouldn't it? Yeah. To like, mm. it's like same with like Dunkirk when we watched that. Oh yeah, and then we went to Pizza out, Express. Yeah, after it, and we were just like. Yeah, <laughs> that was intense and horrible, and yeah, it's uh, like emotional yeah, and like yeah, very like draining. But yeah, I think it depends. It depends. Like, I think Dunkirk in particular is probably a film we could talk about at length. Yeah, but, you probably uh, could do. Twelve years, twelve years a slave. I don't think. I don't know. I don't think I could. I mean, the story of, of me watching it was relatively it's funny but it shouldn't be funny but it is so essentially like my mother my sorry my mother-in-law um is from canada and part of one of the guys who who helps get the people out um from the south is canadian but she thought it was like a film where the guy makes it back to canada so obviously like Canadians are quite patriotic, so she was like, "Yeah, look at the Canadians go, look at them." So she was like, "We're gonna go watch this film because of the Canada thing," not knowing that like how heavy it was gonna be. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, like Heather's mom was crying, like she was like mortified. She was like, she had no idea. Like she came out and like you could, her face was literally like, 
oh my gosh. Oh, I, I wasn't I, expecting the, yeah, the sledgehammer to like, hit her. And I know I'm not going to bash, I don't want to bash, don't want to bash um, Carol, but like she is as vanilla as it gets. Like this is not the kind of film she would ever, ever, ever be more. Like she's like a bake off, like, you know, <laughs> like just as middle of the road as you can get. I have some homework for you, Aaron. Next cool. time you chat to her, you should ask her what, what, what she thought about it in terms of like, if she's glad, she, she was glad that she watched it. Yeah, or I think if she, she thinks she was just, it was a surprise and, and sort of like, she kind of wished she maybe it was unexpected. Sort of I thing. think most people are kind of glad that they've seen that sort of film. Mm. Um, but like they, it's like educational. Usually you go in into it knowing though what you're going to see. So yeah, yeah. A bit more prepared for it. Sort yeah, of. yeah. Mm. I mean, I, don't have any desire to watch Grave of the Fireflies again. Don't, I still haven't seen it. Don't that. think it was education. I've never seen Good it because every time I mentioned to go see it, you you and like John and people are just like, oh, it's awful, don't watch it. It's, 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 it's not, sad. like when I say awful, like, I don't mean it's like an awful film. I no. just mean it's just, it's Happy, heavy yeah. as yeah. and that's really sad. And I never, like... That's another one of those films oh, that I would like to man. watch, but I'm always just like, it's like the expectation I know from what you guys have said that I'm, I, it's going to be hard to watch. It, like, I feel yeah. like it needs to be kind of put towards you like, I I would have watched one of those films if it if like I didn't have the internet like I didn't <laughs> I didn't have Netflix and I just had TV and mm. it was on yeah like the guy whoever at Channel Four or yeah whatever Barry they from Channel 4 they decided yeah. to put it on and just be like okay I've got not really got anything else I'm gonna watch this historical drama that's how I would have watched it or if I was in like an English class and we mm. were studying it for yeah. some essay or something yeah but I can't. Can't particularly see any of this. Did you guys watch it when it came out or something? Or when no, I just it? I watched it on DVD just like when years you were going ago. Yeah, your, your Ghibli face. Yeah, yeah. Got through my Ghibli face. Just, never, just never to stopped. Pull it back to um, the vigilante. Yeah, it's just a comment before about how they look. She looks similar to the woman from Truman Show. Right, this is Olivia Wilde. Right, and then this is Natasha uh, McElhone. Mac- this is the cheekbones. You look so similar. I think it's the cheekbones. Look really, anyway, whatever. She's mm. from Truman Show. She looks they look very similar. Anyway, whatever. I always get confused with those two. So, I, was, I think it was a really good conversation, boys. I mean, yeah, it was very, very interesting. I don't, I don't want to stop it, but we need to move on. We need to move on. Yes. So, obviously, this series has been horror-themed. So I've got a question for you both before... <laughs> Johnny just felt like a, wait, what? Face? Um... Before we, we start talking about uh, Paranorman, um, the question is, and I'm going to give you a little time to think about it because I'll tell you my story. Um, have you got any standout horror film moments where you were like petrified or it was funny or, you know, whatever? I, I sort of give these guys a bit, a bit of a heads up before we started recording the podcast because I kind of want to get a good story. But my story begins 12 years old, still lived in Northern Ireland. Many years Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. I was at my friend Ben's house. Um, and he lives out in the country. And so, like, you know, when you're a kid, you sort of go to your mate's house. You do loads of sleepovers and, you know, whatever, whatever. So Ben is in this, the horror films. His mum's in the horror films. Everyone's in the horror films. So we were like, you know what? Like, me being, you know, a young, young uh, Northern Irish lad who sort of watched horror films but doesn't really know you know what horror is really you know poltergeist is scary but what i was exposed to in one night was more than one 12 year old boy (laughs) should be should ever be exposed to so 
So you're going to stand over at Ben's house. First film, Scream. Yeah, no, no worries. Easy, That's easy. Pretty, mm-hmm. pretty lightweight, yeah, it's yeah. pretty lightweight, yeah. Next film, I know what you did last summer. It's like, okay, <laughs> whoa, 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 two scary films on one night. Um, is that the one where they go on holiday together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like yeah. Uh, third film was, uh, it wasn't The Exorcist. Oh, what was it now? It was something to do with, I think it was like Omen or something like that. Mm. And so by, right, by this point, right? That is a, that is a slog of films right Right. There. I'm pretty tired, sleep deprived. What do we finish the night on? So this is as the sun is coming up. Sticks on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, doesn't he? <laughs> like, I genuinely, I remember, uh, this is no, no bat of a lie, right? <laughs> I slept with a Bible under my flipping pillow <laughs> for like maybe four <laughs> months. Like, I came home and I was like petrified. I didn't get any sleep whatsoever. I was actually scared out of my wits. Like, my mum was just like, what has happened to my child whilst he was at Ben's house? Like... <laughs> honestly i was like when that scene where she's like coming out and like running down the the street trying to like wave at the um the, the, uh, the, the truck. Driver, yeah i i was just like ah, help me where am I? <laughs> <laughs> ben's having a whale of a time because he obviously watches horror films all the time this mate's just like <laughs> Don't, honestly i was flip like I think that broke something inside me because then, then since like, I haven't, I've never been that scared. That was that was my standout moment. <laughs> so was that just one after another? Four films? Yeah, in a night? one after another in one that night. That is some that? stamina. I used to when we were growing up as like with my cousins and stuff. We just put on like three films in one <laughs> evening, and you would just yeah. stay up to like two or three in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing all night? You know um, the director of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Who, who that was? No, I don't know who it was. Toby Hooper. Gary directed Poltergeist. No way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What a boss. What yeah. a boss. I think Texas Children's Massacre is potentially better. So I was more petrified. Even that film now, right, when I put that on, because of what happened when I was 12, like, it doesn't... It doesn't you have, like, night, it doesn't you have, like reverberations. Yeah, I do, yeah. It definitely, like, brings me back into, like, this cold <laughs> room, like, with the sun coming up and me just being like... <laughs> like, it's just, as the sun's coming up in the film like the sun was coming up oh. in real life and i just oh man alive did your mum not let you go back to his house again after no that? no she was well maybe i didn't want to go back to ben's house for a long time <laughs> do you want to go stay at ben's house no no bobby i don't want to go uh my story i don't have much of a story i'm just gonna point out a couple of couple of films i watched as a kid that absolutely freaked me out so like I was just saying then, but my watching films with my cousins. I remember specifically my cousin Chris. He used to get like, he was the older cousin, and so we used to like all like sleep at my another uh, house, and we'd like watch scary films or watch Kill Bill or whatever. We watched mm. all sorts of films together, and he he would be the guy to get the he'd get the DVD or get the the movie to watch for us to watch. And this this week we were like, oh, what what, what are we watching? It's you know horror film whatever, and he put on. Uh, a film called Ringu, which oh, is flip. the Japanese version of The Ring. Oh, man. I was probably about 13, maybe. Yeah. I think he was 15, 16 at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was absolutely terrifying. I remember being f- so freaked out. And it, you know the whole, like, playing vi- videos and video player at yeah. that point would never... It, always, it changed at that point. I, I was always, like, so, slightly freaked out by it. But, I mean, I don't have, like, a ton of... Memories from that, I just remember like her like 
her covering her face yeah, and, her, and her face moving around loads and so and it, oh it was really creepy Do we, I think I think the, the Ringu series is scarier than the, the American remake by like a lot in fact I never watched the remake I just watched the first one I just watched the original I never ended up watching the remake good because they're not as good but uh, th- so that one was pretty terrifying I remember as a kid again I used to watch loads of like, stuff like this with my dad but watching Event Horizon that was another oh, one that was yeah. like that's childhood so scary film um it's not a child's child it's not it's, you know that's not what children so that i remember that being pretty terrifying especially the scene where like it cuts to oh. them all like tearing the faces off and like Jeez. latin and spoken and stuff Ugh. um that was pretty scary uh and then also the blair witch project uh watching that i think i said before before we started recording so i think we watched that as it came out on dvd my dad rented it so it came out in 1999, so I must have been, what, 10, maybe 11, something like that, uh, watching well, that. You can work your, you can work it out. Well, yeah, I was, it was 10, it would have been 10, but <laughs> whether it came out that year, the, the year like it came out. Oh, or yeah, 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 year, I see what you're saying, I see what you're saying. But um, I was probably about 10, 11, watching Blair Witch Project. <laughs> I yes. You know what's funny is I actually remember... Like it was scary, especially the end. Yeah, um, it was scary. No spoilers. I want to spoil it particularly, but there's obviously the scene at the end, quite a famous scene, where there's a guy stood in a in a, in a room. Um, but also, I remember being also thinking it was really silly as well at the same time. I, I mean, as a kid, I was thinking these are all just pretending to walk around the woods and just yeah. like it was sort of just annoyingly shot and stuff. But yeah, I mean, those are sort of standout like scary movies as a kid watching, like probably a bit. A bit, uh, maybe too extreme for a child. But do you remember the? Like, do you remember the build-up to that? Like when they were like, "It's real!" Like it's real. Like, they sent oh, them yeah. into the woods and yeah. they never knew like what was going on. And then as a as a kid, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" It's such yeah, like on the playground. Everyone saying, <laughs> yeah, "Yeah, it's yeah. sick." Kids are stupid. Johnny, have either of you two seen Basil the Great Mouse Detective? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh uh, no, I haven't actually. <laughs> right. Okay. So yeah, I have. Yeah. So basically, it's kind of like a Sherlock Holmesy yeah. type thing, but he's a mouse. Yeah, so sheltered. So I can't remember when I watched this, but there's this scene yeah. where it's like Basil. No, no, there, there's like this person's like hiding from this like gangster rat, mm-hmm. and then it's all quiet and she calm. And then this like bat creature like jumps out of nowhere and like scares this thing. And I think I was so scared, I jumped out of the chair and ran out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's like the first time I remember being really, truly petrified wow. about something. I think we had it on VHS. The second time, which gave me nightmares for, like, I still think about it now. Halloween H2O, which is the one with uh, Joseph <laughs> yeah. Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 20 years after the the first Halloween film. It's not a particularly great Halloween film, but I think I was watching it when I was like 13. It was on like TV. And there's this scene where like, so I think someone's knocked on the door and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like walking down this hallway to open the door. And then in the background... Michael Myers just like walks 
across the back of the corridor. Yeah. And for some reason, that just scared the crap out of me because he's just like, he's in the background. He's just like, he's in there. And like, I turned it off. I couldn't watch the rest of the film. <laughs> it's so intense. I was like struggling to breathe and just be like, this is just too much. This is too much. I need to read a book about something, like get out the encyclopedia and like research whales or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Calm yeah, me down. <laughs> I'm, I remember going to the cinema to watch, I wanted to watch a scary film with my friends. And we went to watch the Mothman prophecies, and it was so boring and not, not <laughs> scary at all. But then a couple of years later, we watched um, Signs. Have you ever guys ever yeah, seen great. that? It's a great film, and that is really creepy. There's a couple of moments where it somehow makes the aliens really creepy. There's a bit with like handheld footage. It's sort of similar to you know about with uh, with Michael Myers walking behind, and it's mm. like there's like a shot oh, of yeah. Mexico, and then yeah. this alien walks across. Yeah, and you just like it just it gives, <gasps> gives me gives me like Use pimples. It makes me skin crawl right now thinking about it. That, oh, it, 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 to be fair to him, like M. Night Shyamalan, M. Night Shyamalan, like, he, he was able to make some really, yeah, like, yeah, really good yeah, films. Yeah, yeah. I, I think his latest stuff is probably alright as well, but I mean, obviously he went a bit off off the rails a bit, but that, those first few films were really kind of creepy. Yeah, they were creepy. They were good, yeah, good films. Our, our boy Joaquin was in uh, Signs. Mm. Oh, he was, yeah. yeah. So after that uh, insightful conversation about horror, um, let's talk about something that's way, way lighter than anything that we've watched previously. Well, unless, you know, Johnny obviously got scared of that bat in the kids' film. <laughs> what were you, like, 15 at the time? I, was, I think I was younger than 15. Yeah, I was joking. I mean, obviously, you must have been, what, like, eight, nine? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it wasn't last year. It was fine. I think I was in my pajamas. Oh. <laughs> Little Lord Johnny. Right, so Paranorman. Paranorman was directed by Chris Butler. Do you know who Chris Butler is? No. Uh, no. He has directed some pretty good films, guys. He's directed um, Kubo and The Two Strings. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. And Missing Link. And... No, that one. Oh. That's the new one that came out recently. Um, it's it's like he didn't direct Kubo. He directed Mr. Link, but he was um, in the crew for Kubo. I'm assuming he works for the um, the company. House. Oh, you're right. I've just like, mate. I IMDb foiling me again. Oh my gosh. Learn how to use it, mate. I don't know how to use IMDb. Um. It's, well, I just want to point out they've been awake for a very, very long time, so maybe. It's okay, we forgive you. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Um, have you ever seen Kubo? No, I haven't seen Kubo. Um, I think I'm trying to think of what I've seen of their stuff. So what's the production company called again? Pass. Uh, Paranorman, it, it is... Uh... Is Cor- Coraline in that, maybe? Yes. So they also made Box Trolls. They made Coraline. Um, I nearly like chose Coraline. Leica. I nearly chose Coraline. Yeah, so th- so Leica is a production company. Um, yeah, they made the American one, stop frame animation. They made uh, Coraline, Paranorman, Box Trolls, Kubo and the Two Strings, and then the latest one is Missing Link. Um, they also helped out on... 
Corpse Bride and some other ones as well. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like some of the the team were probably involved mm. in like a lot of the the, the um, yeah. stop motion stuff. I, I'd I'd heard of him from Box Trolls because um, I've had that recorded again, and I've, I've I've watched some of the behind the scenes stuff for work and stuff like that of like how they do it. But um, yeah, like they've definitely got a style that they you can tell it's who who it's made by. So you know, the film also stars Cody um, Smith McPhee, Anna Kendrick, Christian Mintz. Pl- Plasse, plas. Uh, it's a, it's um McLovin, essentially. Uh, mm. Tucker Brizzy, Casey Affleck, yada, 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 yada. lots of other really good actors and actresses. Anyway, it is a film about a misunderstood boy, um, who talks to ghosts, zombies, and other things. Other people in the world can't see that. Um, and basically, something awful is occurring at his town. Uh, around Halloween time, and he takes it upon himself to save the time because he uses his ghost talking powers to thwart what's happening in the time. Mm. That's a really bad description of that film. It's, bit, it's got something to do with this curse of a witch from mm-hmm. like the eighteen hundreds or whatever. Yeah, um, some witch was, uh, I guess, hung. I think they say or something, or killed at some point. Yes, yeah, she's, she's killed. Then, uh, and then she puts a curse on the town, on the villages there. And says that, that they're going to come back and haunt everyone or, or whatever. Mm. So, to begin with. It's also got John Goodman in it as well, who's amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's so good, isn't he? He's really good in this film. Oh. He's appeared in two films that we've watched. He has. Mm. Have you guys uh, have you guys seen Paranormal before? No, first time. No, I know, I'd, I think I'd come across it maybe, but very, very lightly. I not, didn't really know much about it. I had also never seen Paul oh, really? Norman. How, how did you come to decide on this film? Well, I wanted to choose something that was scary, but not scary. Mm-hmm. So, I I took what I took away from our conversation. I think I've just a lot of things just got confused. So I made some jokes about maybe choosing like Trina to Busan or It Follows and stuff. And I was asking you guys what bracket you want me to do. Yeah, and I took it. I I took away what I took away from it was like younger kids. So this isn't like later teens. This is like early teens or below. So I'd say like between seven to maybe maybe twelve, mm-hmm. maybe twelve. That's yeah, why I, I chose this film. I'd say like yeah, thirteen would be like you max out. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think they would lose interest personally, unless they're kind of like a bit edgy and that's what they're into. Mm. But that's why I chose this film. Yep. I think it was. I thought. Seen Coraline, pretty scary at some points. But mm-hmm. if you're a seven year old child, probably terrifying at some points. Um, but I also think it's like interesting enough to um, to watch as a film. And again, it was the same with this. Also, I think like if I'm choosing films for children, like especially specific specifically my children, like I kind of always want to do something maybe a bit arty, a bit edgy, something that's like going to be a bit more on the big imagination side mm. I think I think that's like I think it'd be more fun for me as a parent I don't know yet because I'm not a parent so initial thoughts before going in any I honestly I didn't I actually didn't realise it was from Leica I didn't realise it was stop frame I just saw I, I think I must have seen the logo or something before, from it I assumed it was just a CGI it looked like almost like um 
from the thing people who make this pickle me or something like that i thought yeah. it was that sort of style of yeah. a film and i was sort of because usually with animated films you usually go for you have like certain production companies that you know okay i'm gonna i'm in safe pair of hands here so obviously pixar disney yeah um some is it um is it illumination who does uh no dreamworks yeah, DreamWorks. Yeah, DreamWorks. Sorry, who does um Pickle Me? I have no idea. Yeah, there's is. a there's a lot of like CGI films where you think, right, this has just been this is just like a terrible script sent off to somewhere, it's gonna have three jokes and then they're gonna chuck in the trailer. Mm. So I think for me, like see if I see a CGI film, I tend to be like, mm, I'm not too sure about this. Mm. I'm not I'm not sure if I'm gonna enjoy it. Um oh, sorry, it was Illumination. Sorry. Yeah, but this one was, you know, quite surprising in a way because it, it had quite an interesting story. It's quite an intellectual story yeah. in parts. It's, yeah, it's, it's a bit more grown up than just yeah. like, say like Madagascar or something yeah. like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah, it's got a bit more depth to it than the average animated film. I was just looking at Laika and I was like, hmm, like why why does this exist? Supposedly, it was like the creator of one of the co-founders of Nike. Really? So, uh, yeah, Phil Knight is one of the co-founders of Nike, and he Phil Nike. <laughs> yeah, um, Phil Knight. Is he? Knight. Okay, okay. Um, so he kind of started the company, but yeah. obviously, you know, he must be fairly well off if he's one of the co-founders of Nike. So I guess he can chuck money at projects that. He that he or his family are interested in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than stuff that's just going to tick as many audience boxes as possible and get as many people through the cinemas this, and seats as possible. Fil- Sorry, I just noticed something here. This film, like, I heard of it very, very... I mean, I'm into films and I, I know quite a lot about different movies coming out. You're a buff. Well... Film buff. Okay, yeah, whatever. Um, I'd sort of heard this film... But obviously, I hadn't I hadn't seen it. The budget for this film was sixty nine million dollars. Like, what do you think it its box office? It, what do you think it made back from this film? Considering it's not particularly, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like a Toy Story or no, it's not a big film. Like that. It's not what, a big film. Did it made? even make any of the money back? What do you think? Do you think it made money back? Seventy nine million. Seventy nine million. Johnny, what do you think? Um, let's go for a hundred. It made. Five hundred and forty-three million dollars back. Holy smoke! How crazy is that? How is that? How is that even right? But it is apparently. That's how much they made back. That's insane. Oh, do you know how much Phil oh, Knight is worth? Sorry, no, I completely. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, did you make a mistake, mate? Uh, yes, I did. Oh, how much did it make? I was reading about this before me. Learn how to use Google. I was reading about this before me. Uh, you reading about speak Yeah, okay. Let's try it again. Oh no, that makes sense. So sixty million pounds sixty million dollars spent and yeah. it made a hundred and seven million. Uh okay. hey, that that's close. about right, yeah. That's good. That's yeah. a good okay, return. I'm, I was completely wrong. So do you know how much Phil Knight is worth? The owner of no. one of the co owners. Uh it's got a billion or something, isn't it? Thirty seven billion. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. That's a rich that's a rich it's, guy. It's a lot. You can you can do a lot of things with that. Can do a lot of things. He made this film. Um, or at least made it happen. I wonder if there's any Nike references in any of the films that he makes. Yeah, separate. Do you not see it? Everyone's Nike was everywhere in that film. Really? I, I didn't know. No, I'm joking. I have no idea. <laughs> um, how did you guys find the animation? 
I, love I, thought it. Was, I thought it was nice. I, 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 I want to hear Johnny's. I want to hear Johnny talk about this for a sec. All right, okay. Talk to us. So, like, I kind of thought it was similar in some ways to uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yep. Like, kind of like, so kind of made the same. Kind of like a little bit, sort of like stuttery, but you know, still fairly smooth. Um, I kind of liked all the noses. Yeah, noses I, like, good. like someone seemed to think a lot about all the different nose shapes and sizes and stuff like that. Like the main character's got like tiny little noses and then like some of like the zombies and stuff like that. I've got like these like massive, great big noses. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like quite a characterful mm. thing yeah. to kind of pick out. Um, Johnny, how was this made? On a computer. No. 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 This is completely stop frame. All done with practical. What, claymation? Yeah. Uh, well, it's like mo- models and puppets. Yeah, models and puppets. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Everything. The whole film was made. Oh, that one's taking so long. I know. Yeah. If you wa- So when I watched the box, I think I've seen this, so the box trolls, as a part of their credit sequence, is a time-lapse footage of them showing them how they're like animating the puppets and stuff, and it is insane like how long it takes. Yeah. But also... I'm gonna look this up, but it feel it, it felt very smooth. So yeah, normally, normally stop frame animated, um, like an Ant Man or whatever, like a like a, a Fantastic Mr. Fox is a good example. Yeah, Walton Gromit. It's always done in tw- in twelve frames a second. So you have twenty four frames a second is the normal like cinema cinema FPS, and then usually stop frame is twelve. And this felt smoother, so I'm gonna have a quick look and see what, what frame rate it was done in. Because if it was done in 24, that that is a that is a lot of work. It's like doubling the amount of work they have to do. I did some stop frame things when I was. Um, <laughs> do tell. When I was like at college, I like this bear, and I was like, okay, let's like let's try and make this bear like into like some movie. So the bear would like walk along like the like my bedroom and then down the stairs and stuff, and then I don't know where it went after that. That took so long, and my computer just couldn't like. I was like <laughs> testing it to the max. Like, I want you to to put like one thousand two point five megabyte pictures together into a thing without any latency <laughs> issues, and just like play it smoothly. And it was just like, nope, can't do that. Nope. So, um, so the frame rate. So, Sean the sheep and the other ones. That's a twenty-four frames a second, but they do it on twos, which means every other frame they animate the the character. Yeah. Um, Paranorman is twenty-four frames a second on ones, which basically means every frame they animate it, which is why it's, it's so smooth, and yeah. that's why it, it doesn't particularly look that stop framey. Yeah. It looks yeah. very smooth, and, yeah. and at some points, I remember when I watched. Um, well, I've seen again clips of like Kubo and stuff, Kubo yeah. and two strings. Oh, and that beautiful. looks like it's done in CGI because of the the, the epicness of it. Again, I haven't seen. I've just seen trails of it. The epicness of the sea of the scenery and stuff that's happening, you think that can't be done practically, but it is. But also, I think like, what's the point if it looks almost like CGI? Well, to get stuff to look that good in that much detail, it probably is really expensive to render that sort of stuff. Like, if you hear about like how Toy Story render, like the amount of like time it takes to render like a single frame on on Toy Story, like, it, it would be really costly. So it's like it's sort of like if, if that's their production studio sort of that, that's what their creative like pipeline is and that's what they're all used to it sort of i mean it's just sort of that's the way they do it and they, they, they like making that that those sort of films and i guess it's like it's it makes it makes to me it made the, them feel like really tangible the characters yeah, yeah. and like mm. like the way it's it's just really well rendered because it's actually just uh, it's yeah. all done in the camera I- 
Uh, I was just going to mention one more thing about the frame rate stuff. Is we watched um, Into the Spider Verse this year, um, mm-hmm. or last year, sorry, awesome. which is a brilliant film. That's they, Marvel. They use frame rate in some really interesting ways for the for so uh, again. So before, so start of the film, the uh, before what I can't remember his name is Miles, is it? Uh, the guy before he becomes Spider Man, Peter Parker. No, yeah. it's Miles Morales. Morales, yeah. Before he becomes Spider Man, he's animated on twos, so he's got this sort of stoppy, sort of like you can still he's a little bit juddery and he's not quite as smooth. But then as soon as he goes into his, he becomes Spider Man and starts swinging and learns how to swing and stuff. Yeah, they change it. And they animated him on, on ones, and then Ooh. suddenly he's really smooth. smooth yeah, and, he's, yeah. and, it, and it's like it's a really subtle difference, but you can you can notice it if you like. It just sort of feels smoother. And like they they use they use the, the, the different like frame rates for different parts of the of the scene and stuff. So it it does make a difference. And obviously recently with Gemini Man coming out, yeah, you know, frame rates are big yeah. a big deal at the moment. So Gemini Man is shot uh, shot in I think it was shot in two hundred forty frames, but they're only showing it in one hundred and twenty because that's only what people, what projectors can actually show, uh, and that has that sort of like it looks like it looks too much like real life. It feels like a almost like a daytime TV soap because like video they're like done on like six. Oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So people are like a lot of people don't feel like it's very cinematic, and they're getting sort of like you have a weird feeling when you watch it. I don't know, do you guys watch, did you watch The Hobbit when it came out in 48? Yeah, it wasn't great. 48 frames a second. I did, I did not enjoy that either. It just felt weird. It's so, about 24 that feels cinematic, the way the movement works yeah. and stuff. Mm. Anyway, I'll stop talking about frame rates now. But it's, it, yeah, that is a lot of work to do that. On yeah. Ones. Also, just to, to sort of add to that, like the way they shot it as well, in in addition to the, the frames per second, mm. like, you know when you introduce the parents and it's got the two bellies and like I just think it is really artistically shot and then with that the addition of like you know like sort of mobile phones and just really normal everyday stuff it felt like they felt like a real for me anyway it felt like like it just felt like a, quite a real universe because they just added in like you know when they're like I think they're looking through is it something and he gets his phone out to like look as like a oh, light and stuff. the light uh, yeah. yeah and you don't really you don't particularly see that in a lot of films and it mm. felt very like I guess like Modern, yeah. To to me, the the the, the art direction of this film is stellar. Like, uh, they have a shape language which you'll see throughout every single element in the entire film, every window, every post, every TV, every bit of uh, bit of font or te- text. Yeah. everything is slightly skewif and a- asymmetrical, and like same with the bodies and the faces. Yeah, yeah. Everything is just slightly caricatured, and. It, for me, for me, my favorite object in the whole film was the car. The car is oh, it's beautiful. So yeah, it's it was just when if you look at that, it's like so oh, it's just so good. Um, anyway, like from an art point of view, from an art direction point of view, they really nailed it. Like they just really, really did a good job in terms of yeah, the the the, the world and the character design and and again like some of the shots, the close up shots and the quick cutting and stuff. Like they were yeah. quite creative, and I guess when you're spending that much time doing every single shot you can think or put a lot of time and effort into like details that you'll, you'll you know, maybe not quite see a lot of time but um yeah a lot of time and effort went into it if you, if you want to look into more there's a lot of stuff on youtube with like the behind the scenes stuff on this which is really interesting but, yeah. so 
I kind of like uh, I have like a story question, but I think I want to keep it keep it for later. So uh, we'll we'll talk about relationships and stuff like that. So how did you find the family's relationship with each other and also like the other characters? You know, when there's like so they obviously have like a lot of stuff to do with like family and how they interact, including like the ghost grand and stuff. But then obviously later you've got like you know they're all in the van and they're having like a little chat and stuff like that. And then you've got like Paranorman and and his relationship with like you know the zombies and and the ghosts and stuff like. How did you? How did you guys feel? Did they feel real to you, or you know, were you enjoying those relationships, or you know, what, you know, talk, talk to me, talk to me, boys. Yeah, I mean, I think all the characters felt fairly kind of recognizable in like real life, like yeah, uh, like you can you could see those two kids, uh, Paranorman and like the the ginger kid, like becoming friends and like the reason why they were becoming friends and stuff like that like it it didn't like a lot of cinema um forces people together in ways that don't seem very realistic yeah particularly in sort of children's films i think in some ways but this this feels relatively Kind of accurate in some yeah, ways. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. like when the dad was like arguing with the mum about um, paranormal, like seeing oh, ghosts sorry, and I stuff. I think it's just called Norman. Is it? Is it just it's called, called Norman? Norman yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, seeing Norman um, and saying, "Oh, this is your like leftist, like left leftist is that left wing, left wing yeah, yeah, yeah. liberal family yeah. views, and like my family, my side of the family wouldn't put for this sort of yeah. thing." I think, oh yeah, you could you could see that kind of issue yeah. coming up in in a household potentially, um, you know, yeah. sort of where they've come from almost. How about you, Aaron? Uh, yeah, I think like what I one of the things that I really enjoyed about this film is it just didn't shy away from like being real, like mm. and and like you know to say that it's a kids film, like and something that um, I personally don't think we give credit kids credit for is their understanding and their ability to understand like the real world around us and I, I loved the fact that this film just was just upfront about it and just just basically not afraid to sort of say things how they are or or talk about like you know parents arguing all the time or like talking about like you know just the fact that like uh, Norman is a kid who is clearly sad doesn't really understand who he is yet and is struggling to make his way in the world, and it, it doesn't. It's quite heavy, I think, in that term, in, in terms of that. And then you've got this like wonderful friend who comes along, who clearly is also in a sort of similar situation, but he's decided to become, you know, I'm going to be brave. I'm going to make friends with this other loser kid, and we're going to try and be, you know, I'm going to try and be friends, befriend him, and I don't know, make this work or whatever. I don't know. Like the family felt really real to me. The only, the only one character, I didn't really get on with was uh, McLovin's character. The bully guy. Yeah, the bully guy. Like I thought his character design was amazing and it was cool to see like someone who had like, you know, big hoops and stuff and someone to sort of feel mm. like, you know, someone of maybe our background in a film. Um I thought that was like pretty great. I just I didn't love his character. Even the bits where he was being quite funny, I thought. Yeah, it's a bit of a caricature of that yeah. of that character, whereas all the others were relatively um, noticeable from not noticeable is that the right word um, standout-ish yeah yeah people you'd see in like everyday life um, any thoughts um, you don't have to have any what do you have some thoughts 
I have some thoughts. Uh, meh. Really? Didn't really like it. In terms of the family, it was fine. Like, I think my big problem, like the parents were f- fine, but I kind of felt like they're sort of arguing and stuff wasn't that interesting to watch. I just sort of was like, okay, yeah, right. The the sister was quite, quite cli- very much a stereotypical yeah, cliche, yeah. cliche. Didn't really, I don't know, nothing real about her really stood up. I didn't really enjoy that character. Honestly, the I think the worst part of this film for me, I don't want to go into it, is Norman himself I didn't like at all. I didn't what? like the character. I didn't think what? it particularly enjoyable characters to root for or it just for me it felt a bit of like a nothing character and just but that's that's the whole point I know but I still just didn't it just was just like a like a wet I don't know like a wet cloth just walking around the sea it just didn't have nothing to him I, I, I get I get what they're going for like it's supposed to be this like sort of sad outsider who's not got any friends or whatever, but I just, just the character itself, just, it wasn't, it just didn't, I just didn't enjoy it, like, as a, and that's fine, I don't have to love every character. No, you don't, like, you don't have to love every character. But, like, except for Neil. The, the only characters, the characters that I actually enjoyed were the, the not to do with the family. So, the, the villagers, uh, the townspeople who are running around, like, obviously, they're not, there's no backstory to them, they're just sort of, like, again, funny lines come out of them and stuff, but they were the ones I actually enjoyed watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the rest of them, I I honestly didn't get much from them to be honest. Um, yeah, oh, sorry to say. I mean, that, no, it's all right, mate. It's all right. Don't that, mind. That's kind of what, like, I felt. Yeah, I think like if they if the characters if I would have enjoyed the characters more, I probably would have liked the movie overall a bit more. Mm. But anyway, like, yeah, like the character design is interesting. I just think the actual characters themselves and who, and who they are is pretty cliche and kind of. A little bit boring, but hey, wow. it's just, that's just my opinion. You guys liked it, so hey. any any favorite characters? Favorite characters? It's gotta be Neil. Neil is the best one. Yeah, which one's Neil? Neil's his best mate. Yeah, he's good. He's yeah. pretty funny, but he's again, he's like, he's very similar to a lot of other sort of other movie characters, like the, the sort of tubby friend, best friend or whatever. It's it's it's. I mean. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I guess so. I don't know, like... Like, he is cool. Like, I, I do like him. Like, he I, was a good little... I think... Little I don't know, like, I, I related... I, I think I related a lot to this film. Like, when I was younger, I always had, like, one other person that would have been, like, with me. And, and like, for example, obviously, I've got you guys, but for most of my life, we, I, it was John and I. Like, we were, like, the, the, the gruesome twosome. Mm-hmm. And John's a pretty quirky dude. And I'm like the loner emo boy. And like, that's kind of, that was our dynamic. And like, it's like one of those things is like, we don't really understand who we are yet, but we understand each other. Mm. And it's like, Neil understands who Norman is. And then eventually Norman understands who Neil is to him, like in their relationship. Mm. And like, even though it's cliche, it's just life, I think. Mm. Maybe. I'm glad that it's cool that you, you, Felt that way. Like, yeah, like, yeah. You can't do that that way. It's cool. Like my my, my favorite character, probably. I, w- I would say John Goodman, although uh, as the sort of un- uncle character, but yeah, the crazy also uncle. like he kind of annoyed me in the same. In the same, like I liked him in some ways, 
but also a big part of me was just like this character. I feel like this character could be better. I feel like it, 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 some bits of it I like, but then other bits I'm just like, yeah, this is sort of just a bit annoying. And I don't know, like it just didn't really, it didn't gel for me. Like I feel like it could have been something like that character could have been even. It's because I probably because I watched them in Arachnophobia last week, and John Goodman in in that was so like. It was, it was pretty great. great. Yeah, it was John Goodman, wasn't it? Yeah, John Goodman. Yeah, yeah, it was John Goodman. It was amazing in that, and I kind of wanted. I don't know. I just feel like because he, he 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 exits the film quite early, isn't he? Yes, yeah, he's not in it for that long. It's about a third of the way through. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like he, he was probably my probably my favorite. I'd say uh, apart from some of the villagers, uh, some of the townspeople who were quite funny. Mm. So, mm. Johnny. Mm. Yeah, you said it. Go on. My favorite character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I'd, I'd say his best mate. I, I think he's pretty funny. Right. Pretty funny, dude. Cool. Um. So, so, so let's talked about it a little bit. Just, you know, how to define the story? How did you find the story? Like, I don't think it's particularly complicated. <laughs> like, well, actually, it does have a twist. It does have a twist, and the twist is interesting, I guess. Yeah, I think, like. The story sort of like is about well, there's a lot going on with this witch and other bits and bobs. But the thing that there's one thing I don't want to just slight pick on bad things. Uh but there's one thing that kind of stuck out to me it was like at the end of the film, like Norman is like sat with his dad and his and the whole thing throughout the film is like he sees like these ghosts of people. Mm-hmm. And his dad comes up to him and says, oh, his grandma here, because like, he's finally accepted that he sees dead people and it's not such a weird thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm just wondering if that is actually a helpful thing to, to kind of accept and encourage for a young person. Not, I, I have no clue whether it is or isn't, but I'm just, I don't know, just, I mean, it seems like a bit of an odd kind of... Thing to, for the film to uh, sort of focus on in some ways. I guess it's just trying to say, like, it's just trying to show that his dad's accepted his, his son for who he is. Yeah. Sort of thing. I don't think it's literally going to say, like, you should support your kids and talking to dead people because obviously that's, like, not something that happens in real life. But um, just the fact that he's, like, he's, I think the big thing is that, yeah, his dad is, like, just growing to understand this kid and and accept this kid I suppose yeah that's that's probably the message yeah the idea is that like just because you're different doesn't mean that you're a weirdo like you know like it's okay to to have a quirk about you and eventually the people that love you and are around you will hopefully get it I think that's that's what he was trying to say like I mean, in this case, he literally does see dead people. Mm. But, you know, if, if if my child was like, I see a ghost, I'd be like, well, no. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not, little Norman. Probably not. Um, I don't know. Like, I think I think, I think it's a good message, especially for, for, for weirder kids mm. like ourselves, maybe. I don't know. I, I also quite liked... The way they, they they twisted the whole like zombies being scared of the, of the people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were sort of just like scared by all the modern stuff, and then they were they were just sort of walking through the town, and then suddenly all the townspeople were like all crowding together to get them or whatever. It's obviously like it's talking about like group cult, you know, like how everyone jumps on. So sort of our, our culture is everyone to all get in a big crowd of people and a big and just sort of 
you know, get riled up and just start jumping on what, uh, somebody or whatever because they think they're, they're bad. And it's like, yeah. it's, it's judging the book by its cover and yeah. that sort of thing again. Um, it's just it was quite, it was quite a funny little like twist on that. On that part, quite, worked quite well. Did you think that to towards the end where we got to like the witch bit and all the scarves going purple? Mm-hmm. Did that remind you of a particular computer game? I don't know. I've got medieval in my head because that's come out recently, and that's all I can see. Why? Yeah. I I just kept thinking Spanjo Kazooie. Oh yeah, with the witch, yeah, yeah, with the yeah, witch, and like yeah, the purple yeah. and like the yellow, yeah. like yeah, yeah. I just started thinking this is like almost like for like in some ways, in with the witch particularly, and like the 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 clouds in the sky and stuff. I was just like this, you know. I was just thinking that the whole time. I was like, <laughs> where's Kazooie? <laughs> Where is it? I so do you want to talk about sorry, Aaron? Or do, are we... No, I mean, no, the story's pretty easy, isn't it? Except I, for the twist. The twist is pretty interesting. I honestly don't think the story's that easy. Really? really? Honestly, yeah. Really? Me and Mel watched it, and like we were watching it, we weren't distracted or anything, and, it, mm-hmm. and I couldn't really tell what what that it was supposed to be going on. Like, he okay, he can speak to dead people, and then his uncle is trying to get him to, to crank him a book to start to reverse some curse that happened years ago with a witch. Yeah. But it, it's all very, like... It's very long-winded, and it didn't seem to f- flow very understandable. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. It's yeah, sort of just I, I, like, What's definitely, going on? Like, definitely, yeah. But then the zombies are back, and but they're in the grave. It's just, I was, a little, I was quite confused by it, and it, not necessarily a bad thing, but like, because they don't have to show you like spoon feed you the story or whatever. I just think it isn't. And I know you say it's an easy story, but I think actually it is. It is told in a in a pretty yeah that's true odd way or yes whatever, like a bit of a yes abstracted way i suppose yes um i agree i i know now that you said that like the story is easy once you know the story but especially at the start it takes a really long time for the film does, to almost find itself does, yeah i think that's true yeah like, yeah, it's, yeah yeah, it's yeah. Quite, totally totally it, i feel like so comparing this to other animated films like an admin film like a, a, a Wallace and Gromit or whatever they are very simple. It's probably very slapsticky, obviously. It's a different, you know, almost a completely different style of film, really. But you don't, you never really confuse what's going on in those sort of films. They're very, yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very, very um, quite young and stuff. This one, the, it, I feel like I couldn't put a six or seven year old in front of this, and they'd, I don't think they'd understand it. I think they'd be too confused by it. I think you would have to be, even at like 10, 11, I think probably. Kids, a lot of kids would probably wouldn't get complete what's going on. I think they'd probably enjoy it at eleven, twelve, or whatever. But I still, th- I actually think it's not particularly easy story to follow. But um, hey, that's just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. We'll disagree on that. So there's two, two more things. Just so you know. No, actually. Okay, well, that's because that conversation is starting. It's whatever. Um, two more things. Two more things. Two more things. Um, any standout moments? For you guys, I like the bit where the zombies are going down the street and the guys like at the vending machine and he's trying to get out like some like cheesy puff things, and like like it's right at the back of like the spiral thing and he puts yeah. money in and he's like looking at the zombies and they're getting closer and the spiral things like winding it through and he's like it's getting really tense. I just like yeah, I thought that was a, like a cool little scene. It was but, good. Scene. I thought it was funny. That's pretty good. Um. The reference to um, Halloween and oh, uh, and Jason, uh, what's it, the other guy? 
Voorhees. Voorhees, yeah. That was quite funny. I feel like there might be some more in there, but I feel like I could have done with more horror movie yeah, references. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like, it didn't have yeah. enough of that, I don't think. That was quite cute. And yeah, funny. yeah. I think they could have probably tried to get a bit more in. I think especially mm. the start of the film, because it was just quite confusing. Mm. If they had just relied heavily on the, the uh, yeah, references, yeah, yeah. they might have been able to get through it. I guess it depends on it, because maybe if you go too far into it, it becomes a bit of like a, a trope a tape or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like a, like a, like a, a scary movie style thing. Um, standout moments, I suppose. Hmm. What stood out to me? Nothing. Not a lot, to be honest. <laughs> the zombie stuff was good when the yeah. zombies came back. I think the ending's pretty, like, visually pretty cool. Mm. Um, yeah, I think. I'm trying to think. There's not not a ton to be honest. Yeah. Stand out, like not a huge amount of like the really stand out moments. Um, probably the ending I would say is is quite good, quite a good like well shot. Yeah. Screen. So I think yeah, for me the standout moment was the scene where you know they have the fight mm-hmm. with the 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 witch and and him and Norman, but then there's the scene in the meadow. I think like that's when like I think when it, it was completely quiet. Yeah, and so like. It was going really, I think Heather and I, when we were watching it together, like we had two moments and I had like my, so my fil- favorite film composer did the music to this. Right. So this is, so start of, start of this, you mentioned, did you play some of the music? You yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, oh, that, that music reminds me of Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. Yeah. Is it the same guy? It's the same composer. His name is John Bryan. And I'm I'm gonna gush over John Bryan, but just let me get through through this first bit, right? So essentially and there's a lot of other film composers that I like, but John Bryan is the one that like he just gets me, man. Just gets me right in the old heart. Um essentially like there's this like really beautiful sort of like um undertone of like sort of atmospheric ambient music that's happening in this like really serious scene. And then when the when the sort of dynamic changes in the scene he brings in uh, norman's theme with but a stringed version instead of the piano version and then it cuts again to neil and norman having a chat and it has like this like sort of like best friend sort of song but it's like this is like one huge song that changes three times and essentially like the way that it changes just it's just so good it's just john bryan being like an absolute boss so john bryan right are you ready? Are you ready for the John oh, Bryan? I'm sorry, I'm just seeing some of his stuff. Oh man, you boys, you have no idea. Step Brothers. Just let's get, let's get this on. This is forty. The other guys. Mate, it's not even. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm pulling out the always. Uh, not. It's John Bryan. He's a, a, he's a film composer. He's done Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. He's done Punch Drunk Love. He's done I, I Heart Huckabees. He's done Cynic Duck in New York. He's done Magnolia and he's done Paranorman. He's also done Late Registration, Kanye West's album. So all of the string parts and all of the sense of it, he co-wrote it with Kanye. He's done like loads and loads and loads of really, really cool stuff. John Bryan is an absolute boss. And I'm not even kidding. This film was probably about a seven for me. Probably. But John Bryan took it to like a nine. Remove John Bryan, and the, there's good things. But I just think his scores just—they just speak to me in a way that no one else does. You know, it's really sad. I didn't really think about much about the score until I re- so when we came to tonight to record, Johnny yeah. was watching the last twenty minutes of the film. Yeah, and I re- watching some of the scenes again, 
And then the music did stand out to me. As, and I said, like, oh, actually, that is really nice. And I hadn't really noticed it the first time around. Yeah. I don't know why that was, but yeah, like we we listened to it. It is a beautiful uh, score, especially at the end. I nice. I've been obsessing over resolution since hearing it. That's that last track, like obsessing. Mm. Like every day, I just like hit it up and just start listening to it. It's just unbelievable. I'm gonna say something controversial. Oh no, you're gonna say something really rubbish, aren't you? I I preferred the score in um, Poltergeist. Oh, that to, score was just passable. To, wasn't it? No, there were some bits which were really kind of... I know we're going back to last week's episode, a whole week ago, seven days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but there were some bits in there which were really kind of thematic uh, and kind of they kept coming back at particular points and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas this was kind of like in the background. Maybe maybe I wasn't paying just close, close attention to it, but I had it coming through Mikhail K's and stuff and it wasn't... Maybe I don't know how. How were you listening to the audio? My normal speakers, yeah, not know. not my TV speakers, but my, my way of Wharf or whatever they're called. Wharf Wharfendales. Yeah, Wharfendales. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It just didn't, didn't particularly jump out in the mix to me. I wasn't thinking like this is a like they'd put it really high in the mix. It's kind of just in the background. I, it, it didn't just I, kind I, of spring out to me. I think I think the difference is though, like I'm a, I'm a fan and like instantly it's like recognizable for me. It's like mm. a string section happens in it and I'm like, oh, it's John Ryan. Yeah, it's John Ryan. Like, and then like, and it happens with different other other different composers. My problem with and again the the the, the Poltergeist one, it's it's not really Poltergeist's fault because it was probably the, one of the first films to kind of do that. But like because there's so many horror films have kind of used those sort of like scores. Mm since then like it's just sort of a bit boring to me whereas like i need something to sort of inject some life like the biggest example is like you know marvel films mm. what boring and it's just like well i really don't i mean i feel like i've just done the uh <laughs> the back to the future theme there or yeah but can I, can I just mention, so the person who um composed the music for poltergeist Jerry Goldsmith. Jerry Goldsmith, yes. He has 219 credits on IMDb. Yeah. Whereas uh, John Bryan has 37. Yeah. So he's not as, not as old. But that, Jerry Goldsmith is prolific. He makes a lot of stuff. And a lot of it's like That's sequels to not great films. He's a prolific stuff, composer. That's, yeah. There's a, yeah, but that doesn't necessarily mean like your body of music is as good as someone else's. Though. No, I know, I know. But like, I'm just saying like he, 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 get, he you know, puts out a Nick lot of Nick Cage puts out a lot of films, but uh, is he the best actor ever? Oh, well, he is the best actor well, no, that's ever. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that's better than, than John Bright. I'm just saying he puts out a lot of stuff. Mm. So like, I don't know. I don't, oh, anyway, whatever. Those films that you mentioned that he'd done... Like you really like those films. I do really like those films. I don't really like those films. Mm. So maybe the difference between the two yeah, John is, Bryan. This, is this composer. Like those films for me are like yeah, it's all right. It's kind of like our house indie kind of things. Johnny, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind is basically uh, one of the most amazing films. I tried. I tried to watch it twice, and I don't know. Oh, Punch and love. Punch Drunk Love. Man, there's lyrics in one of our songs mm -hmm. to do with that film. I know a lot of people love a lot of the, those films. And I've watched, I think, all of them. And I've gone like, 
Yeah, it's, it's okay. Insane. I mean, like, yeah. Puncher, Puncher Love is just, that, that is his best film. In my opinion. Anyway. Anyway. Let's, let's, let's finish this, let's finish this arc. Paranorman's arc and also the Halloween arc. Let's close it. Let's close it. Are we going to do this? We're going to do the, uh, the ranking. Yeah, I mean we can we can do. It's only three films, so it's going to be. Kind it's of, quite easy, yeah. Quite an easy one. It's not going to be a big thing. So should we all do our number three? Yeah, this is gone. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, who's going first? I'll go first. Go on yeah. then. Paranorman. Oh, as if. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'd go for my own choice. Arachnophobia. Yeah, arachnophobia is number three for me. Okay. Like. Yeah, I thought I thought arachnophobia would be, I don't know, I think there, I thought there'd be like some slightly bigger spiders and some slightly bigger scares. I all I, my biggest my biggest thing about it is it doesn't fit the brief. Doesn't it fit does the, fit the brief? No, it doesn't fit the it brief. It does. It's not a Halloween film. It fits it, but not as well. Nah, it's not a Halloween. It's film. not a Halloween film. No, it's got to fit the brief, man. So it is a Halloween did. film. Mm. It is Halloween film. Nah. It's a it's a spooky film. That's not, that's not the, Halloween. The, you can the have brief, horror films the brief, 365 days The brief year. was uh, a spooky film no. for like no, young Halloween. teens. Yeah. It was Halloween films. It was, Halloween. Really. It was a Halloween film, film to watch at Halloween night. The teenage, the teenage films. Yeah. It's a scary film. I, I'm just going to say about Arachnophobia, I would put it above Paranormal just simply because I enjoyed watching it more. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I watched it with a group. I watched it with Johnny and Sarah and Mel, and it was it was fun to watch. It was I got more scared scared out of it than I think any of the other films. I jumped out, <laughs> jumped more times and got scared more times. It was funny, and uh, I enjoyed watching the the townspeople get killed in various ways. Uh, Paranorman, beautiful, yeah, yeah, gorgeous, yeah, absolutely. Like uh, but overall, as a film, I didn't enjoy it as much. So that, that was just so. Was so, what's your number two, Aaron? I, I think, like reluctantly, I think it is Paranorman. I just think again, I'm going off brief. I I think I prefer. Yeah. I think I think I prefer Paranorman as a film, personally, just from what I get out of it. Mm-hmm. But but Poltergeist just hits that brief perfectly. It really, really does, and it is a really enjoyable film. So Paranorman for me. It's number two. It's number two. Um, same. I'd go for Paranorman number two. I think just like Paranorman compared to Arachnophobia, like there's there's just a a lot more to get out of Paranorman. Yeah. I think yeah, if yeah. you rewatched it, like you could probably watch Paranorman like twice and get like see lots of little details again. Yeah, right. Whereas arachnophobia, it's kind of like you'd watch it once and then you'd you'd get your fill from that. You probably you probably are left wanting a bit more out of the film, to yeah. be honest, from yeah. your hour and a half, two hours, however long you've I spent think watching 10 it. Ten times the effort it's going to make in Paranorman than it went into arachnophobia. Yeah. Like arachnophobia seems like they got a script together, grab some actors, let's go. Yeah. We'll figure it out, put some spiders on the floor. <laughs> like, oh, we found this house, this'll do. And you know but again I enjoyed it, I enjoyed watching it more. Whereas Paranorman, obviously they spent a lot of time making that film uh, and a lot of effort, a lot of people's heart and soul went into it. Uh, I still don't think it's as good though. But, hey. I cannot believe that you think Arachnophobia <laughs> is better than Paranorman. 
Arachnophobia is just oh man. It's so bad. are we all enjoying? We are. Sort of we, conclusion. This is, the first time, this is the first time this has ever yeah, happened. Yeah. This is the first time this has ever happened. We're all in agreement. Yeah. yeah and it's also nice. the first time that you've won. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna like gloat too much because it's only three films. So maybe if next year, maybe we add another three films into this. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. We don't have to necessarily be teens. Teen films that can be. No, we need to different. open it up. Yeah. But we can still judge them based on how good. Our yeah. Films yeah, are yeah. Really. We'll we'll come up with another kind of specific genre of Halloweenish yeah. films to watch. So we'll re- we'll re- revisit this next year, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Yeah. Does anyone want to talk about like Poltergeist? Just want to pick it up. Oh, one last Poltergeist. time. Yeah. Because so, it's one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was my choice. I chose it because it, it fit the bill perfectly. It, I remember it being terrifying as a kid, and it still creeped me out in some ways. Uh, now I think the, the effects hold up. I think it's you know, it, I think it's basically pretty much made by Spielberg. It's very Spielbergy. Um, the music was didn't stand out to me too much, but I think the characters and the story and the it was like it's not that it's not nasty anyway i don't think it doesn't feel nasty it feels like it feels like an a very family friendly sort of film it pushes the boundaries a bit but i mean it has that sort of fantastical uh feel to it and i yeah i loved watching it it was re- one of those films like you know you watch an old classic film that still stands up and you're like yeah, yeah this is good I'm, jo- I'm really enjoying this it got, got, got really into it so yeah well i agree it's great good film and well, Johnny, have you got any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah, no, I uh, completely agree with what everyone said. Go watch Poltergeist if you're watching uh, a film with some young teenagers this Halloween. Excellent. Well, we hope that you have a wonderful Halloween and enjoy some spooky films. I'm not going to do the voice again. I can't I'm too tired. Um, yeah, try and do maybe Doctor Sleep at some point, possibly. Maybe do a, a watch that and then sort of finish yeah, off the Halloween. I need, to, I need to find time to watch The Shining before I watch Doctor Sleep. I've never seen it before. I'm joking. I'm joking, boys. I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, I was actually thinking today. I wonder what Johnny, uh, I wonder what Aaron thinks of The Shining because I don't think I've ever heard you talk about it much. Did you watch it? Because I, I don't need to because you guys just gush over it that yeah, much. Yeah, because he's not like a Kubrick nut, is he? Did, did you watch it at, at the cinema when we went to nope. Manchester? You didn't. So no, when was the last time you saw it then? Years ago. Oh. You should watch it and report back. This would be interesting. Very, very long time ago. I'm talking like 10 years ago is when I watched it. I went. I just want you to know that one on Kubrick. Like a Kubrick deep dive. Mate, I've seen Eyes Wide Shut. That's not much of a I've seen I've seen Clockwork Orange. Cool. That was that was one of the films I watched at Ben's house. FYI. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's just the kind of, you're getting a profile of Ben. Yeah. Clockwork Orange is one of those films that like I watched on Channel Five or something. <laughs> channel Four. Like really late at night. Twelve at night. 12, yeah. Yeah. So I know I know I know Kubrick. I do not like Space, uh, Space Odyssey though. So, but. We'll, 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 I'll watch The Shining again and we'll hold off my thoughts about The Shining um, yeah so if any of our listeners have any like films that they would like to recommend that are Halloween-y and for young teens next year as well maybe for next year oh yeah even if you've got some for next year some horrifically scary ones as well please email us at moviequestpod at gmail.com or alternatively DM us on at the Move Quest cast uh, on Instagram. Please drop us a follow. And as Ant said, and always says, um, the only way that we get new listeners is if you guys share this on. So 
please do. And, and I thank you so much for um, all the hard work that you do do by telling your friends and family. And also, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Yeah, this we is, never this give is, you any, enough love, do we? It's a long slog, this episode, so thanks for listening to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You finally made it to the end. We're sorry about a really intense uh, debate in the middle of the episode. I enjoyed it. I did too. Well, thank you very much, guys. See you later. Au revoir, bye. See ya. Yeah.